if, like me, you're not typically scared of worms, let me suggest today's film. It might just change your mind. This month on The Girls Who Cried Be Horror, we're discussing the 1976 cult classic, Squirm. Squirmy, squirmy, squirmy. (laughs) The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our June episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. As always, I am Anya. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex. I oh, when this episode drops, I will be freshly married. Yeah, you will. This is we're, <laughs> this is the last episode we're recording pre your marriage, yes. but it will come out first episode post marriage. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna be a changed woman. I know. It's gonna be wild. Uh, your but... voice is gonna drop a few octaves. <laughs> it's I kind of hope. Different experience. Uh, we can wish yeah this will come out when i am like being luxurious as fuck on my honeymoon oh <laughs> dreaming of it i can't wait let's if i can get to it <sighs> oh, yes. hi this is our june episode uh second of the the season yeah i don't even know where yes, i am because yes. yes because right before this we did sleepaway camp three mm-hmm. which if you haven't listened to it yet it's fun and it we is. highly suggest it. You if you should... want to hear Anya not know how to pronounce anybody's <laughs> name, go listen it to it. so bad. Can't wait for whatever the fuck is going to come this episode. What horrible pronunciation. I mean, there's like four characters, so I really hope we're... You know, don't don't underestimate my stupidity. I will always outshine. You know, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> <sighs> oh, well, Lord have mercy. All right, well, I... Well, my question for you to start yeah. out, because this was your pick. Um, it is is how did you even discover this movie because i didn't even know this movie existed until like maybe whenever the fuck long ago i had seen that you watched it i was like what is that like honestly i don't don't even fucking know i mean i've seen this movie once before i watched it i want to say last mm, i want to say it was probably like right around the time when COVID hit because we were like watching a shit ton of movies just like staying home all the time and i know i watched it with greg because we both were like having a fucking fever dream watching this like what is this movie i i want to say maybe it was on shutter and it was just like something that or it was either shutter or like prime and we Uh were just like browsing and we saw it and i was like "Mm, that poster has worms in a man's face and the description sounds fun like let's just watch that so i think it was very much just kind of like a random spur of the moment kind of thing i don't think it was like a recommendation i don't think i saw it on any kind of like list i think it was just browsing and being like let's watch that and I had a really fun time and then when I was trying to figure out what to do for this episode I was like we just did a slasher I didn't you know I like to keep it you know the subgenre is fresh and I feel like Mm -hmm. we haven't done a creature type movie other than like python I guess um and I was going through my letterbox and saw this and I was like oh yeah good old squirm yes we'll we'll do squirm and I'm pleased I had a really fun time rewatching it yeah, well, it's funny because when you talked about the creature creature, I was thinking, I was like, what other creatures, because we've talked about this multiple times in the podcast, like, the the idea of, like, not, I wouldn't call it, like, a, a monster movie, although I'm sure some people could, and I don't think they would be wrong, but, like, a monster to me is, like, some creature, to an extent, like, isn't real, mm-hmm. um, whereas, like, these movies are, like, take an, an animal, whatever, that, like, already exists, and then, like, mutate it. I mean, we've done, we've done fucking arachnophobia, eight-legged freaks, we've done the spiders, mm-hmm. we did anaconda and python, we've done the snakes, mm-hmm. we did a fucking Jaws Tremor. minisode. We did Tremors. Yeah, we did Tremors, which I guess, uh, I Big was going to say, this Obviously, this might be our first worm one, but I fucking forgot about Tremors. We did Big Worm and now Little Worm. We're really oh running the gambit 
we there's got nothing all. we won't fucking touch um <laughs> but yeah i was like wow we're really covering it all what's next and there is i feel like i can't think of the name off the top of my head there is like some like roach movie which ugh, if we ever do it like I'm part of me is like i have to i th- i have it like saved on like a watch list somewhere because you know i love to torture myself but like it is just like a movie where it's just like i think like it might be called bug but that might not be correct. Bug is a movie. Oh, I mean, there could be two bugs, but I there's a movie called Bug with Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon that oh, I'm girl. fucking obsessed with. Wait, Every, shut the people fuck hate up. Bug. I think Bug is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> I fucking love Bug. <laughs> it's so good. Me Greg and, and I Cornel- live for Bug. <laughs> I can't even believe that's what you brought up. Fucking me and Cornelia, like a few months back, watched Bug because she loves Michael Shannon. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I can't. And it was so funny because we watch, like, a movie a week. We have, like, a whole night where we do it. It's, like, our special night. And we invited uh, my friend and roommate, Abby, to come over to, like, join us. And we were, like, oh, she's going to, like, see, like, the magic of these movie nights. And we, whenever two movies we watched, like, the one I picked was, like, awful. It was, like, boring. And then we watched Bug right afterward. And we're just, like, sitting there, like, what the fuck? I feel like Cornelia might have liked it because as she has Michael Shannon. And also she loves the weird shit that sometimes doesn't quite click with me even. Um, but yeah, I was like, I want this movie to be over. I hate this. Not the tinfoil hotel room. Oh my God. I, Christina always tells me the fun story of when she saw Bug in high school with like a huge group of her friends and they all went in thinking it was going to be like a horror movie about like bugs everywhere and like in people's skin. And then they were all fucking furious when it was over and they all hated it. (laughs) And I just think it's so funny because like I saw Bug when I was in maybe like college and I was like so like mesmerized by it I loved it and I hadn't seen it in years and then I was like a few years ago I was like Greg we should watch a movie let's watch Bug and I was so nervous the whole time that like because everyone I talked to was like fuck Bug I hate Bug and I was like so nervous that he was gonna hate it and then it ended and he was like yeah it was fucking rad I loved that and I was like yes I'm marrying the right person I, I was love like Bug. that's why you're getting married um wow that's so funny because in my head when I said Bug I was like well the only other bug I know there's another Bug movie with Michael Shannon but like Alex probably not even know what that is so I'm not gonna bring it up and then you were like oh that Michael Shannon movie I, I live for Bug. Um, there is, in fact, another movie called Bug from 1975, okay. which is about um, an earthquake releasing mutant cockroaches, Ooh. and it says with the ability to start fires. So, mm, fire starter nightmare, bug? literally. And let me tell you, girl, it's probably better than the fucking new fire starter movie. Let's just say that. Um, well, if we want to get the trifecta movie. of warm movies, we should do Slither. And then I, I think did we... think of Slither too. Um, then we got them all because that's space we... worms. Yeah, so then we'll have done worms from huge worms from under the earth. Yeah. Then we would have done multiple, lots of small blood worms, also, I guess, from under the earth, but you know, yes. that rise to the surface of the mm-hmm. earth. Um, and then we'll have done worms from outer space. I don't know, man. And then no one can say that we didn't cover all our fucking bases. Yeah, I'm down for it. Amazing. Um, <laughs> anyways, but yes, this was uh, my first time watching the movie. Um, and it's so I was excited about it one because you had seen it and you had really liked it and I hadn't seen it before and I'm always excited to watch a new horror movie um but it actually to bring it back around to our Stephen King mini-sode when we were talking about how like we'd never talked about books really on this podcast I'm gonna bring up a book not a Stephen King book but um I just read it it's called The Truth it's by Nick Cutter um the I will say the front cover does have like praise from Stephen King himself on it and in the back with like the author's notes he does obviously say like Stephen King huge inspiration Mm -hmm. 
very quick read it's only like a little over 300 pages um and it's about a group of like five like boy scout-esque things um things boy scout-esque boys <laughs> good guys i mean boys of that age are just things let's be honest mm. um and they go out on this like camping trip with their scoutmaster, and of course like some motherfucker that's like infected with something that's broken out of like a government facility like stumbles upon their little campground thus like infecting all of them and then like in the span of like two days like some of them get infected some of them like it's just like very like lord of the flies in a way but like very much leaning into like the horror Mm -hmm. um and the infection is like um involves like these parasitic like worm things Mm -hmm. so when i saw we were watching squirm i was like yeah like give me that shit and it wasn't really the same they do go into somebody's face for sure um but it wasn't quite really the same concept i will say though alex i i do recommend this book i thought it was really good it Mm -hmm. is um very like dark and disturbed which i wouldn't necessarily just like tell you not to read but there is animal torture in it and even though it's not like visual it's Mm. like very graphic in its description and there are two scenes in particular one that i know would like deeply deeply upset you so i would probably not advise you to read what kind of animal the the one that i think is the very disturbing is a kitten oh i'm not doing it nope yeah don't 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 so nope i was gonna say they kill the boy scouts fine they hurt a kitty i literally thought the same I was like, if I was just like, and all the children are dead at the end, she'd be like, where can I get this immediately? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I can't do it. Humans, fine. Animals, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, I will say within the context of the book, not that I was like, oh, I love this. But like, for me, it, it like makes sense. It doesn't feel like gratuitous in a way where it's like, what's like a really fucked up thing? Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense within the context of why it's in there. But even still, I was like, damn. This yeah, is I mean, even when it's like, it's necessary to move the fucking plot forward i still hate it so yeah i'm I just mean, it's valid um, it's my only thing i'm like at all fucking prudish about the only thing in like the universe just don't hurt an animal i should say because i already said both things in i guess different ways but um anyone that needs this quick um warning if you're going to see the new Firestarter movie there is um a cat is killed um very gruesomely and unnecessarily in the movie so one of the reasons one of the plethora of reasons why i thought it fucking sucked ass um sorry that's just how i feel um but also if you're like alex and you're like i do not wish to sit through any of that you should avoid it you should not watch it yeah christine also gave me that warning and i was like oh thank god these bitches know me yeah know that (laughs) i was gonna see this movie i mean and i might still but if, if i do i'm gonna be like a fucking 14 year old and like not look but yeah. You know, what can you do? I will say it's like rather like quick. Like it doesn't feel like I have like, an idea of what I would imagine happens considering it's fire starting. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're correct. But like it is, I, it was happening and I was like, you know who would hate this? Alex. You'd fucking hate this. Yeah, as having uh, two cats who are incredibly fluffy and love to walk across the stove, I have this like perpetual fear that like one of them is going to like kick the fucking like nozzle for like the gas with their foot and like go ablaze. Uh, so if there's anything like that in this film, I don't want to visually have that in my brain. No. No, no I, don't, I don't want I don't want anything like that. Oh, but yeah, and I'll say that, yeah, I, I enjoyed Squirm for what it was. Um, it is Great. very much like just a, a worm movie. It's a bunch of worms. Well, I did think also, 
<clears throat> that it was just like going to be like earthworms, which mm-hmm. it isn't because they're like kind of in this like fishing town or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's these like they gave two names for the different kinds of worms, but they're like blood worms, so they're like kind of like the fatter like or are they more so not even fatter but like i'm gonna get into the worms don't worry yeah they have like almost like centipede legs it looks yes. like and little like mouths because at first when i showed the mouth i was like oh my god do earthworms have mouths like that no, I there's was, two specific oof. kinds of worms that we're, we're gonna discuss oh i can't wait but yeah it was giving me flashbacks to that spongebob episode with wormy <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the yeah. butterfly close to the screen <laughs> and that shit terrified me as a child like legitimately so i was like don't make me live this again oh that's great yeah no it's <sighs> really just like a, your classic b-horror like low budget small town yeah movie about worms i will say though i was kind of i want to say i was shocked but like i was pleasantly surprised i mean given the fact that like I had never heard of this movie before. And even when you read the premise, you're like, okay, a, a worm movie. It'll probably be silly. It'll be fun. Um, I was surprised with, like, I, I don't know how to even phrase it. Because I wouldn't say that any of, like, the acting was like, oh, my God. Like, where's the Academy Award? But, like, I don't know. There was, like, a level of, like, commitment, it felt like, from everyone. Where it was just like, yeah, this is reading to me as, like, a pretty, like, decent, like, normal you know at least performance wise I mean obviously given shit like basket case where you watch it and you're like right. oh you guys are going absolutely the opposite direction like it just was like oh this I reads to me as like a normal movie I find all the acting to be like very believable but yeah. also it's so weird like I just think the whole movie has this like really weird tone yeah. to it where like all the characters are like kind of off and you're like what's going on with you bud are you okay and then like I feel like it's just like a really weird small town drama for the first two thirds and then like the third act is like fucking bonkers and so much fun I just like I love it it's so much fun yes um so you said you had a lot of background um I will say right before you get into it if you want to watch the movie before we spoil anything else or just see it for yourself yada 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 you know the fucking drill it is streaming on Tubi Yes, that is where I watched it as well. Yes. Um, why don't you give a quick uh, synopsis before I do the oh, fun facts? Yes. So if you haven't gathered already, the movie is about worms. Um, essentially, <laughs> the premise is um, there is a young girl who's living with her mother and her sister. Um, they own kind of like a furniture antique company. Doesn't really matter that much. Um, but this girl's boyfriend is coming into town. Um, to visit her, to visit her family, yada, yada, yada. But alas, the night before, there was like a huge storm that knocked down this huge like power line that of course then was like spilling its electric, no, so then knocking out the power in the town, but spilling the electricity into the ground that is wet and thus mutating somehow these like grubby little fucking worms under the ground. Um, so cut to the next day, like her boyfriend tries to come into town. Um, you know, can't really get there, but she goes and picks them up halfway. And then once they get back to town, things start to get weird because they borrowed the neighbor who is a worm farmer's truck. Um, and they're like, you have to make a stop before they go back home. And little by little, these worms start appearing places. And like, people are not believing um, her boyfriend, who like is the first person to find one of these worms. He finds it in his drink, which I won't even say what the drink is right now because we'll fucking get to that. <laughs> uh, I can't even, girl. I was like, shut the fuck up. Um, so yeah, so then, and thus causing him to have a tiff with the town sheriff, not putting him in a good place for when later they continue to discover more things like a skeleton at this antique guy's shop, like unearthed from the ground. And they're like, what is this? And the sheriff won't believe them. So then they're kind of going on this wild hunt because they also find a fucking skeleton in the back of the worm truck, which is owned by the old man and his son that live next door with the worm farm. 
So they concoct a plan to try to, like, it's, and it's very much, like, kind of, like, not murder mystery, but just, like, kind of, like, I, I don't mean, like, thriller-esque? I don't really know. Like, just trying to, like, figure out and, like, you're, like, oh, something's going on. Until then, the worms really come out full force. And you see that they are worms that will, like, literally devour you whole, eat the flesh from your skin, burrow themselves into your skin, and I guess, like, make you fucking crazy. Make you a worm um, man. <laughs> literally. Um, and then from that point on, when it gets really into the worm territory, it just kind of goes full force. They realize that they kind of figure out what's gone on with the worms, that that's what's gone on. The electricity's gone to the ground, made them crazy. And they don't like, like, the sunlight or light at all. But, of course, you know nighttime is coming, so that's the big climax of, like, when the sun's not out anymore and there's no electricity, <clears throat> so the only light we can get is, like, lighting candles or whatever, mm-hmm. and that will only last for so long, the worms in mass start to come out of the ground and they have to, like, get to higher ground, and meanwhile, there is somebody that is turned into a worm man who is out to fucking get them and pull them into, like, the, the worm pit that has, like, emerged from the Earth's floor. Mm-hmm. Um, all so that, you know, at the end there's the lovely couple who we started out with who have survived this horrible event somehow by sitting in a tree at <laughs> night. Um, and that's kind of how it ends with the electrical guy being like, I fixed the power line, but like, you know, now the electricity's back on, no one's answering their phone. Like, that's fucking weird, even though like we all know as an audience it's because everyone right. got fucking murked by these worms. Um yeah and that's squirm yeah that's pretty much it that's the movie all right let's get into some fun facts for you um i found way more than i expected considering how small of a film this was and considering how like it is a cult classic but like neither of us had really ever heard of it so yeah i mean i'm sure it's big in some circles but i don't think it's you know it's big in the, in the worm farming communities. You got that fucking right. Um, <laughs> so, Squirm. It was released in 1976. It is rated PG. Uh, really? PG? Sure Not is. PG-13? Nope. It is rated PG, which I will get into. Um, it is an hour, 32 minutes, and it was written and directed by Jeff Lieberman. He did write and direct a few other things, but nothing that I had heard of or seen. This was definitely, like, his biggest um, success in terms of anything he's written or directed. Um, so yes, this was rated PG. Uh, when it was first released, it got an R rating. So they took out a lot of like additional quote unquote gruesome moments so that they could try to get a PG rating. But the MPAA said, no, the concept in and of itself is R rated. So you're getting an R rating. And then when it was, I know it's bullshit. And then when it was released, um, I'm assuming on like DVD, it got the PG rating that it now has. Interesting. So, because there isn't really, like, much visually that's graphic, I don't think. Um, I mean, there, I guess it would be disturbing visuals. But, yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of, like, blood or gore. It's more on. the concept of it, I think, than anything you actually see. But, yeah, yeah this is rated PG. So, I guess... Uh, that's insane. Well, I mean, there's always that it. part of me that's, like... I want the R rating, like I want of the course. like uncut, like give me the more disturbing shit. But then, yeah, it is weird that then, as happens so many times with these movies, where they're like making a plea almost, like okay, we'll take this out, we'll take this out, but then to be like, no. no, no matter what you do, it's gonna be R. Like what the fuck? Yeah, it's really strange. So I'm not sure how much, because I think that said like some of it got like put back in for the release. So like what we watched might have been the original version. And they might have taken some of the stuff that we saw out to try to get a PG rating, and then they put it back in because it didn't work. I'm not really sure, but regardless, it is rated PG. Um, 
The inspiration for this film came from a few different sources. Um, he Lieberman, the director, has cited The Birds as a big inspiration for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He also cited something that I didn't look too deep into, but it was something about a news story in some southern state where like there was an invasion of millipedes into a house. No, no. I know. Isn't that fucking horrible? That is, oh my God. Literally, it literally feels like my skin needs to come off my bones right now. That is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, oh I, my God. I actually saw last night when I was going to bed, this is unrelated to this film, I was go, getting ready for bed and I saw behind my toilet a no. fine, like a baby house centipede no. and I went no and I reached down for toilet paper and in the three seconds that I reached down to get it and I looked back up it was gone I looked everywhere I have no idea where it went those things Bro, are fucking fast they, they are lightning speed <sighs> and they, because they're made of like fucking just like like fucking pure evil and dust like they literally like because they if you touch them like they will disintegrate like yeah I know Immediately, but it's the point that you don't want to touch them, that, like, you don't ever fucking do it. They can, like, squeeze through, like, the cracks of, like, anything. And so they're probably, like, it's probably, like, some crack behind your toilet where, like, a fucking tube pipe thing has to go in. It's, like, is in the wall. Like, yeah. It's so now I know family. It, it's, it's in my house. I know it's here. I'm not going to forget about it until I kill it. But, yeah. So this movie was slightly inspired by uh, a poor family who had to deal with a millipede uh, infestation. Oh but, I would literally be in a psych ward the rest of my life. Yeah, I don't think I could fucking... Oh, my God. I can't oh, fathom. Horrible. Um, but the biggest inspiration actually came from his childhood because as um, small little boys often do, they, you know, are kind of assholes and they maybe do experiments and play games that are not very nice to nature. And right. him and his brother decided one evening that they were going to hook up a train transformer don't know where they got a train transformer um into the like, wet but is it like like a little like for like a toy train or if you think i know what a transformer is <laughs> you are you are sorely mistaken Not my that. friend i know it's something to do like an engine of some kind something with i certainly motors. don't know don't know but they have a train transformer they put it into the earth that is wet and they use the electricity to drive hundreds of worms out of the ground um, then they noticed because they were using flashlights that the worms were not interested in the light and they were very sensitive to it. So they wanted nothing to do with it. All of that from his own personal experience has been used as the basis of the film because Roger Grimes, who is one of, he is the worm farmer. He tells that exact story of doing an experiment by putting something in the ground and shooting electricity. So yeah. this movie really came about mostly because he actually did that as a child and unearthed like a ton of worms and was like cool that's gross right so. so it seems like it was like oh that story from my like what if i did what if i had done that but like when the worms came out they were like bloodthirsty mm-hmm. and like wanted revenge giving a king did he i mean i guess he didn't because it was you know pre the 70s even but i was like this bitch should have read go eat worms goosebumps go eat worms <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is don't fuck with the worms. They'll fucking come after you. Yeah, I think this, that was a little bit before R.L. Stein's time. Just a little after time. his time. Um, I was just thinking, because it was mm-hmm. in the 70s, this is our only our second film for a main episode that is Tourist the Trap? 70s. Tourist Trap was the first one, and then we did the Jaws episode, but for me, Is that true? Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I just was looking through quickly. Huh. I was like, Damn. I think we do, and we do a lot of 80s, so that makes sense. We do, yeah. Um, but I'm excited to have another 70s film. Hell Yeah. I love range. Um, So, half of the worms that they used uh, were made of rubber, which is great. Um, But the other half were real live worms. 
uh, which included large sandworms from Maine, which when I Googled sandworms, it was just like Dune. And yeah. then I and then I saw like are sandworms real? And I found that they are, and they look like centipedes. They're they're the oh, ones with I the mouths that you were discussing. They're fucking nasty. Um, and they used an estimated three million glycera worms, which are also known as blood worms. Um, so those are the ones like the big grubby ones that you use like fishing as bait. Yeah. Um, whereas the the uh, sandworms are the ones with the mouths and the million legs. So three million of them. Uh, the production order would order 250,000 worms at a time. Um, and they like lost track after a while because they were just ordering so many worms. And they ended up wiping out the entirety of New England's supply for the fishing season of that year. Like they they fully like bought all the worms so people couldn't fish with bait. Well, then I'm like, what do they do with the worms afterward? I would hope that they would like give them to the fishermen or some shit. Are, they're probably like releasing them into the wild. Yeah, I don't... My next thing, what they do with the worms, um, I don't know what they did after the film, but I don't love what they did during the filming. Um, Uh This is, you know... In my opinion, this is a little bit immoral and kind of animal cruelty, but in order to get the worms to move in the way that they wanted, they had wires that were run underneath all of them, and then they would electrify them um, to get them to move. So, like, they're electrocuting worms, which is really upsetting, um, I don't know if it killed the worms. I don't know if it, you know, if they were okay and then they released them after. I, I didn't read anything about that. But that is a way that they got them to, like, move around. It's um, one of those things, like, yeah, like, I don't love that. But at the same time, if they're buying worms, I guess, from, like, a bait company, like, the uh, their, their fate in general is, like, okay, be, I guess, electrified for this movie or, like, shoved onto a hook and die. And yeah, I mean, eaten. yeah. The life worm, of a worm isn't a glamorous one. It is certainly not. Um but a uh, fun fact is that so there's a scene in the final act where the worms have kind of taken over this house that they all live in and they're fucking everywhere and there's a scene where the entire living room is just like filled to the brim with worms and the way that they got that that scene is that they built a four foot tall scaffolding mm-hmm. that they then covered with six, six inches of like thousands of worms like Obviously, the entire room was not actually filled with worms, but... Yeah. I mean, they built a big thing, and then they put a bunch of worms on top of it to make it look like that. Um, And in order to get the worms to move, they hired people to go underneath it to move the canvas so it would make the worms undulate. And the people that they got to do it were the local Boy Scouts troop. Uh, And Oh, my God! I know. And in return for their service, they received merit badges. (laughs) Wait. So much of that. I mean, coincidentally, obviously, I was just talking about that book. I know. I was like, which is so funny. We're but like, also like, wow, what a fun little Boy Scout moment to be like, yeah, yeah like we got to be on a movie set and like already just like cool. I'm sure for a kid, cool now even. Mm-hmm. And then you know, <laughs> the fucking thing we do is stand under a sheet of worms and just like push up on it or whatever to like yeah. make them move, and then you get a badge for it. I imagine being like, day. I got this badge for identifying poison <laughs> ivy. I got this badge for knowing how to tie a rope. I got this badge for moving a bunch of worms. Like, yeah, what? like yeah, like what is the merit badge? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. It's so wow. fun. That's a really fun fact. I love that. Adorable. Um. Oh, this is my favorite fact, I think. Um, On the DVD commentary of the film, the director uh, stated that the old farmhouse that they used in the filming to, uh, as Mr. Beardsley's house, who is the the man who was found as a skeleton, um, that 
house is known as one of the most infamously haunted houses in Georgia. And I want more information on it, and I want to go oh, to it. Yeah, because I, I would love to see like any kind of you know film set there in general. There has to be at least like some like one of those ghost adventure episodes mm. where like I should watch they it. went into it. There, there definitely is. Yeah, I would love to go to it, haunted house, and it was in a cool movie. I love. Yeah, um, I guess speaking of Georgia, I wonder if they like knew that mm-hmm. before doing it, and like they chose to like have that as a location because of that. Maybe I don't really know. I mean, I mean, I, it's not like a haunting movie. No, but I mean, like, and no know. one goes in the house. Like, the house is no. never actually used. It's just, like, in the background. But maybe it's just because, like, maybe it was a vacant location because it is considered, like, haunted. No one wants to buy it. I don't fucking know. But this, the film was originally supposed to be shot in New England. But due to weather um, circumstances that they couldn't control, they had to end up shooting in Georgia where it was a lot warmer. So I think it was, it was probably just, like, a happy accident that they stumbled upon a house that was, like, yeah. vacant and available. And then we're like, oh, that's a famous fucking haunted house. Love it. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's talk about the worms again. So (laughs) my favorite part of this film is the sounds that the worms make. Because there are probably like five or six moments throughout the film where it's just like close up cuts to like a worm's mouth. And like you can see it like moving and it starts like screaming and it's so fucking creepy because it comes yeah. out of nowhere every time and you're like oh my god what am i what is happening why am i watching this um i love it but in order to make those sounds uh they did two different things in order to make the the sound of the worms teeth snapping and like biting they used balloons and shears that they would like open and shut and then they would loop all that sound together okay which is fun um and then for the screams <laughs> oh itself um i originally did not like the fact i found but then i found a separate fact that like modified it and i was like okay originally i saw that the worm screams were just um electronically modified screeches of pigs in a slaughterhouse which like devastated me yeah but then i read it was specifically the audio of pigs in a slaughterhouse from brian de palma's carrie so they they took that uh, like the same audio that was used in carrie and then they modified it which is is still awful but like i know that scene i can like it makes yeah. my brain feel there's a something about it where it's like you're not getting fresh slaughter screens it's not like, like they I, went I to guess, a slaughterhouse and yeah. like yeah it's like it's audio what that was, was done used. was already done we're just recycling it exactly and like i don't know if if the audio from carrie was like authentic or where that came from so i can yeah, kind of like put something between myself we can and let that. you know let ignorance be bliss for a minute <sighs> yeah but so that is a the screams of the worms are pig screams. Uh, wow. If that, if that, if you haven't watched it and you need a an audio kind if of, if you're really like, you're really into foley. Is that that's what it's called, right? I think the so. foley of how they like make things. Then th- that was a fact for you, a bad mm-hmm. audience. <laughs> um, the special effects in this film were done by the one and only Rick Baker, who is a very famous, notable um, special effects designer. Who I, I would say is most known for his work in American Werewolf in London. He also worked on Videodrome, the Planet of the Apes remake, Cursed, Craven Baby. Uh, He's worked on a thousand fucking things. He's very, very well known and established. So this is one of his early films. Um, I think the practical effects, while there are not a ton of, I think, what we have, I think is is really cool and fun. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of them later. Um, So yeah, I feel like he's probably the biggest name that like worked on this film because everybody else 
was kind of like, you know, starting out, like the director and writer was very early in his career. Most of the actors were either like, like the guy who plays Roger, this is his only film credit ever. Um, And a lot of the other people have like a handful of other things they did. But for the most part, like, I would say that the the actor who played Mick is the one who is the most, uh, who's like worked the most consistently since because he's gone into a lot of like TV directing. He directed like 40 episodes of fucking 30 Rock, like. He's, did he's you pretty... see what else he directed? Um, I probably did. I was going through quickly. He directed The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, the RuPaul. Shut the fuck up, did he? I swear to God <laughs> on my life. Oh my God, Greg and I hate watch that this Christmas because I'll watch anything that RuPaul fucking produces. Give me it. I'll suck it up. Yeah, oh. he directed it, so. Wow. Okay, good to know. I Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, speaking of the cast, um, we almost got a vastly different film because there were three people who were either auditioned, really wanted to be in the film, or were originally supposed to be in the film. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, so the original... Michael Shannon. Oh my god, imagine. No, <laughs> no Michael Shannon. Um, Kim Basinger originally auditioned for the female lead, and okay. the director at the time said that he could not believe that she would live in a, quote, hick town, so he did not cast her. But mm. since, he has said he deeply regrets that decision because Kim Basinger is, like, an Academy Award-winning actress, so... Yeah. Um, you know, he fucked up there. Um, according to IMDb, Sylvester Stallone eagerly pursued the role of Roger. Roger, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, of course. That really clicks. Yeah. So yeah, he really wanted to be Roger. Obviously, he did not get cast. The actor who got cast, this is his only movie. I think he did a great job. I love Roger's character. Um, wow. And then and Roger's character, there's like layers to Roger's character that we have to get We're into. going to discuss Roger's character for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the... Last one is, uh, this person was briefly attached to play Mick until he got recast, and that was Martin Sheen. So. I just watched uh, a Martin Sheen movie. I, is it from the 70s? Let me look. Maybe just, this is what he did instead. Can you imagine? That'd be so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was from, the movie I just watched, Martin Sheen, was from 1976. Um, oh my god. Yeah, it's called The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. Which oh, I want to watch it. It's been on my Foster. list. On my list. Very good. I would recommend. Um, huh. Yeah, so that's so funny. I love that it was like, can't do squirm time to do this other one <laughs> interesting yeah I, wow. I didn't read why he uh had to back out but he was originally supposed to be mick so that would have hmm. been a very very different movie um i like what we got i, I prefer yeah. i think when it's something like this where it's just like actors i've never seen before or someone who i can then be like oh that they directed that weird fucking drag race movie yeah uh let's see i have a few more um oh no this is my favorite fact okay okay so during the filming of this film, sorry, that was redundant. Um, during the filming, they sent like B-roll to the film processing lab, as you do, to like yeah. you know get B-roll back, check your fucking dailies, and then move on. But there was a mix-up. So what Jeff Lieberman received was actually footage of a wedding, which uh- means that the B-roll of the worms <gasps> was sent to the newlywed no! couple. <laughs> Could you imagine me in like two months being like, oh, we're going to get our footage back. And then I pop it in and it's just close-ups of worms screaming. <laughs> Bro. But low-key though, I think you would be a little excited about it. I would. It would be the that greatest moment of my life. That would be the funniest fucking story ever. I know. To tell people. I really hope that the couple who got it were like cool people and not like horrified and 
never spoke about well, it I again. I have to imagine. I don't. I mean, you would hope that they weren't like nasty about it, but I'm right. sure when they first put it in, there was a little bit of being horrified of like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed at first. Like, wh- I'm sorry, this is not me. I don't even know if I would have the brain power to be pissed. I would just be so beside myself. I'd be like, what? Yeah. What is this? Just it's like so, so utterly funny. confused that like you can't even compute it fully. Yeah, I love it. I love that idea so much. <sighs> These poor people. Um, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, amazing. Um, so this is probably very problematic uh, today, but there's a scene where the a tree falls onto part of the house where they're all sitting to have dinner. Um, and then they go outside and they find that the root of the tree is like covered in these worms. So, you know, the worms have dug up the tree and it has fallen and that's what's crashed on the house. Well, because this was a low budget film and they didn't have like CGI or anything, they took the house that they filmed in was a pre-existing house that they just like, you know, rented. But they did build an extension on the house to be that section that the the tree fell on. Mm -hmm. Um, And in order to get the shot, they had one take. They put a tree on a crane they put the actors in the room and they dropped the tree on them and oh my god yeah the reactions of them running are genuine because they literally just said we're gonna drop a tree run for your life and we're gonna we have one take we're gonna film it nobody got hurt everything went perfectly fine but like ballsy man to just like drop a tree on people to get a shot that's insane yeah so yeah it was a very genuine, I'm sure, fear in all of their faces and and voices when that happens. So, yeah. oh my god, low and budget it wasn't baby even, like, stunt actors. It was just Mm-mm. them. No, it was them. They were all like very they scared. Lucky that nobody got hurt. Holy shit. Oh yeah, big time. So yeah, that scene when you watch it, uh, very real. Oh well, fuck. I wish I knew that beforehand. Yeah, I know. It's so just, these are those scenes where you're like, it happens, and you're like, oh damn, a tree fell in the house. Like whatever. Like kind of like no, already like didn't expect that to happen. But right. it's almost like not to say it's throwaway, but it's like you watch so many of these movies and like crazy shit happens. You're like, okay, sure, a tree fell. In the house. But if knowing if I had known, like, and that tree really fell on those motherfuckers. Yeah, because that shit That's breaks nuts. through the house. Like it looks. Oh my god, I know because it took me by surprise because. I literally was looking down to take a note for a second and I looked back up and the tree had already fallen. Mm. So I was like, what? And I had to like rewind 30 seconds so I could actually see it happen because I was like, I definitely missed something because that tree was not in that house two seconds ago. Yeah, so that's that's a not great, but they got what they needed and nobody got hurt. So that's in the end, no harm, no foul, I guess. Um, The last fact I have is just something fun. Um, Director Brian De Palma, which I guess I've brought him up twice now in this little fun facts um he loves squirm so much that there is a poster that can be seen in several scenes of his 1981 film blowout which is like one of his big ones Mm -hmm. um and as a fan of De Palma obviously you know using some of his audio from his from Carrie Lieberman told Fangoria that he once asked De Palma like why did you put my movie like my poster in your movie and De Palma just said only use the best so (gasps) Oh my god! No, they're friends. They appreciate each other's work. They respect each other. They love it. I love that. Could you imagine someone who's like work you admire so fucking much in any medium, just like 
unabashedly being like, yeah, not only do I like your shit, using the words like, it's the best. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, you wouldn't need validation in any form after that. I know. You're you're set for life, honestly. Yeah. And and I feel like Blowout's like one of his like biggest films too. So like, I'm sure that was like wonderful to have his poster in there in multiple scenes to be like oh my god people could see this and then check out my film like he's helping like promote my shit he's marketing for me so yeah that's a wow that's a lot of fun facts uh, about i will go on record and say this might be one of our best fun fact segments yet we had a pretty good time with python just because we got lucky with the director's website Mm -hmm. but this i feel like had such an array of different types of facts yeah. that really were like the the punchline to them was really good so thanks yeah I, yeah I had a really uh easy time doing research for this one I was very worried that because it's such a small film that like right. I was gonna find nothing and then I got I hit the jackpot I was like oh my god I only had to go use like two sources and it was very easy damn so yeah that's um that's my background so we can now jump on into the film nice nice um I would love to start off by talking about Roger. Yes. Because I find his character to be so complex. Yes. But at the same time, confusing. And I would love to get your opinion on it. Because the way that I read Roger is there's, I feel like there's a very clear line where my opinion about Roger changes. And up until that point, I read him as like, maybe not super well educated you know he just lives on this like worm farm working for his dad in this small town but he's kind he's humble he clearly is in love with jerry wants to do like anything he can for her he just seems like a like a nice kind man who is taken advantage of a lot because he is kind and maybe like i don't know maybe doesn't see people's motivations for what they are and then about 45 minutes in he I in my I guess the way I read the scene is like he misinterprets Jerry's relationship with him because she does I feel like she does like put on the flirt throughout the film to like get him to like give her his car and like do things and he very much is like I'm in love with you you're reciprocating it and he kisses her and she's immediately like no 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 and then he gets aggressive and he's like that city man I'll kill him and he turns very quickly into like gross aggressive man and then is immediately punished for it by becoming a worm man and i wish that they didn't do that because like i feel like roger was like up until that point like the innocent part of the film yeah like he just was like such a kind soul and then he just became like a shitty man and i wish they didn't do that but i I mean i would love your your perspective how did you feel about him I felt similar in ways because, yeah, they introduce him and they kind of give him the whole, like, almost, like, dumb farmhand vibe because he's, like, doing kind of, like, um, fucking, I don't even know what you'd call it, fucking, like, landscape-esque work or, like, whatever, Mm -hmm. weeding the yard of this, their next-door neighbor because, like, they also say at one point, like, that their dad, like, had passed, like, they don't have a man around anymore, which, you know, already its own dangerous fucking territory, but, um... Yeah, very much play into his sweetness. And I had even made a comment. I think my first note was like, Roger's so sweet. And then, yeah, like, um, fucking Jerry is like, she needs the car because she needs to go pick up Mick halfway because the power went down, the town's flooded, they're not going to get the bus through, yada, yada, yada. And you're, you're right in a sense of, like, she is flirtatious. But to me, it didn't feel in a way, it felt like 
a little bit like that like southern charm-esque thing mm-hmm. of like she's a little southern like cutie like little small town girl like of course she's always like very sweet and very like blah 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 um and it is obvious though obviously especially as an audience like sure like roger like likes her thinks she's pretty and like of course she's like roger like would you mind if I borrowed your car? Like, could I borrow it? And he's like, well, okay. Like, you just have mm-hmm. to, like, take care of it. Um, but I felt like a, a sign from the beginning, because there's a moment, which I won't say it, because I might bring it up later in the Q&A, but there's a moment where um, her sister, um, Alma, kind this of like... This is also one of my Q&A, but I have two, okay. so that's okay. You can have I have multiple one. as well. So it'll get brought up one way or another. Um, she kind of, like, she has an interaction with him very brief where it's clear that, like, she's almost, like, irritated by him or, like, annoyed mm-hmm. by him. Um, so there was a sense where I was like, oh. So immediately, so I was like, well, I'm Team Roger. Like, and I don't, like, Alma's being, like, a bitch. But then later, yeah, there's the whole sequence where they go on the lake and they're trying to distract Roger so that they, uh, Mick can get off the boat at some point. And be like, oh, I gotta go back to do yet and take a nap or whatever, mm-hmm. and then go investigate this second skeleton they found on and Roger is it and the his same dad's skeleton. Property. Well, they get in the, the car and they are like, oh my god, how did the, it, it made me laugh because they were like, how did the skeleton get here? Like the skeleton was like teleporting around town, right. which would have in itself been a fun movie. Um, but then they they make a comment where it's like, if it's even the same skeleton, which like, I think they say uh, at some point that I think they say later on when they realize that. Because I think they think for a while that Roger, like, has been killing people. And they're, like, afraid of him. But I think they say later on, like, oh, he was, he stole the skeleton because he knew I could get $100 for it at my antique shop. And he was trying to, like, take it from me. So I think he found the skeleton at Mr. Beardsley and stole it so he could sell it. And I think it was the same skeleton. Okay, okay, okay. Um, But, yeah, and they're on the lake and... First of all, I have to make this comment. I was, Mick in general, I have feelings about as a character, whatever. But the one where I was like, literally, fuck Mick. Because he's on the lake with his girlfriend. They, at this point, have discovered the fucking skeleton. Mm-hmm. Like, they, clearly some shit is afoot. So already you need to be nervous. Um, They have this whole plan, which already, like, she's, like, nervous about. Which is the plan of, like, and at first, like, yeah, she's like, fine, we'll do this plan. We're going to go on the lake, all three of us to a fish Mick will have some excuse of like I need to go back we'll fucking tattle him back in and then I'll stay out on the lake and distract Roger but with our fishing excursion will you go investigate fine they get on the lake Roger is showing some strange ass colors like being very ominous telling the story about the worms or whatever and then Mick is suddenly like okay yeah I gotta go and then she's like like pleading in her eyes it's so obvious to anyone where she's like I'll go with you Right. And, like, he's like, no, 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 stay here. And then she is, like, pleading with him. She is like, please don't leave me here. Which, in general, like, you shouldn't make anyone do anything they don't want to. And especially if, like, this is a person that's, like, your partner in life. Like, you really should have their back. But on top of that, you are leaving a young woman alone with, I don't care how long she's known Roger. I don't care how sweet Roger is. I don't even care if Roger never even did anything bad after this. Like, what happened didn't happen. Like, if she is telling you, like, I am nervous, I am uncomfortable, like, I don't want to be left alone here with this man, then you don't leave her alone there with that man. And that shit had me fucking pressed to death. That he was like, it's going to be fine. Like, literally just stay. And I was like, motherfucker. Worst boyfriend of the year award. Like, that shit had me so angry. And then, of course, she was right to fucking feel that way. Yeah. Because... 
yeah the one thing I will say I don't even think you you meant it this way but like the idea of like obviously we don't want to imply in any way that like she was asking for no, an advance from Roger yeah like I think the flirtation I as I said I think it's just a personality thing for her character but I also understand like yeah Roger being if he really is this like sweet dopey boy next door who has always like loved the girl next door or whatever yeah then he might be like I don't know maybe there's a chance but then yes it is very much like he makes this advance we all kind of can feel that it's coming um because you can already get the sense that he doesn't like the city boy either um because even to just go use his car to pick city boyfriend up the worms went missing and he mm-hmm. got like in trouble for it with his dad so he's already like a little angry but he would never put that anger toward truly toward jerry um but yeah he makes his advance and she's like roger like no like that's that's not what this is and then yeah immediate like gross man rage of like yeah because it's not like you don't love me it's like it's him right he's the one who's like keeping you from me i'm gonna uh, yeah kill and that's i mean any reaction of anger like that from yeah. a man is terrifying um especially when you're alone on a lake with him because your boyfriend's a piece of shit and left you there um yeah literally afraid for my life but yeah there's that sense of like I don't know which one is worse they're all bad but yeah I think maybe possibly the whole idea of like you're not even fully getting that it's like you know no hate no disrespect like I just don't feel that connection with you personally and I'm not going to it's like not even registering that it's like what I'm hearing is it's a no just right now because of somebody that. else yeah. in the situation. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's a no permanently. All the yeah, time. I just wish that Roger's character had, like... Because I would have been okay with Roger's character, like, trying to kiss her. Because yeah. it's clear that he's, like, in love with her. He's reading things that she's saying and doing. Maybe just, like you said, it's just, like, her being who she is and, like, being, like, friendly and charming. And he's reading the, into that as, like, maybe she's reciprocating these feelings. I would have been okay with it. If at that moment when she said no, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, okay. Then, okay, yeah. no harm, no fucking foul. Like, you you, like, you like misread the situation. It's okay. I can move past that. But, like, yeah, it just seems so out of character for everything that we've seen up until that point for him to then just, like, get mad and, like, continue to try. Yeah. And I, it's also frustrating to me that, like, they set him up as who I thought was going to be, like, the hero in the end. I thought, yes. like... He's going to, like, win her over. They're going to, like, you know. Because, like, he's kind of cute. Like, I'm not, like, mad at him. <laughs> I'm, like, okay. Like, he's okay. Um, I could see him, like, turning into, like, the hero. Because then you bring this, like, fucking city slicker guy in who thinks he is hot shit. Yes. Who talks down to her. Who acts like he's, you know, so much more of the world. Which he probably does. But, like, you don't need to fucking hold yourself in that way. And, like, he's the hero. He's the one who survives and, like, gets the girl. And Like, why? For why. I know. Because even that, like, yeah, I don't even need that to be like, and she has to be won over by Roger. I will say in what you're saying, like, yeah, like, you look at him and If they were going to do that. He's not ugly by any means, but he is, like, kind of, like, you know, a little bit of a butterface, I'll say it. But at the same I time. I think if he, did, if he did his eyebrow and then, like, fix his hair a little bit. Yeah. And I think what's one of those things where it's, like, because he's not outright, like, ew, ugly or anything right. like that. Because he was playing so sweet and, like, yeah, like, he's just, like, a good guy. He wants to help out. And he, he at the end of the day, he loves this girl, whatever that means. If she loves him back, you know, whatever. Like, that's kind of what I was hoping for. And it's, like, listen, every day, like, I love you. Like, I can infer that, like, they've known each other for many, many years. They seem to be similar age range. Mm-hmm. He might be a little older than her. Um, then, yeah. I would, there would have been that moment of, like, even just an audience member, I'm like, damn, I'm, Roger could get it. Um, but, yeah, I think they could have done that trajectory where, like, even if they didn't want to make 
full are accept that like Mick was annoying and they wanted us to really be like Mick's the good boyfriend whatever they still could have fucking many things could have happened they could have fucking killed Mick at some point near the end like give me like Friday the 13th remake moment of like saving the sister and then sorry this is a spoiler y'all but you know it's been out for many years um and then you know killing her or whatever the fuck or no killing the not even the sister killing the other girl Hayden uh whatever mm-hmm. Panna Baker whatever the fuck her name is um and then having Roger step into that role, not as a boyfriend, he doesn't need to be a boyfriend, of just like, you know, I'm now going to help you get through the rest of this. Um, but even in the boat scene, if like the kiss had been attempted, she said no. And then if he stayed in character of that kind of like, oh, I didn't know, blah, blah, character, yada, yada, yada. Because they even play into that with his relationship with his dad of being mm-hmm. like, oh, like his dad kind of like is mean to him and talks down to him and tells him what to do. And you feel bad for him. And he has a moment where he's like, once again, it unfortunately comes in like the rampage of like, you have to be my woman, whatever. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, you know, I'm going to tell my dad like that I don't want to work for him because he's going to go, I guess, be with Jerry and like be her spouse or whatever and Mm -hmm. like help them with their business, which like he could still do and not have to physically like romantically be with Jerry. Right. Um, but yeah, I would have even appreciated if, like, there was that moment of him being, like, taken aback and Jerry being, like, no. And then maybe realizing that, like, maybe it was ridiculous for me to, like, you know, the sweet Roger who's only ever been anything but good to us, like, to think of him as a murderer. And then maybe have a moment where, like, there's maybe a little bit of a confession of, like, Roger, like, I'm sorry, like, we found this or we thought this. And then, like, and it could play into the plot in some way of Roger being, like, oh, like, that was just this or like having a discovery moment and like giving her a little bit more of information that's going to drive the story forward a little Mm -hmm. bit and even still having a moment where like somehow there's a tragic worm incident and he still gets the same fate of like getting killed or like you know and then even if they do this continuous as they do like him coming back I will say like having him turn bad like I guess plays into the later part of like when he's the worm man and like he just won't quit because he must have Jerry like it works in that sense but I would have accepted even if he got infected with the worms if it was something like well once they're in you they like change your brain fine or like even if it was just like he's so desperate and he's dying and these things are eating him alive from the inside he doesn't know what to do and he just won't go down and he's like coming toward them like help me help me and they're like Roger get away from me like I cannot help Mm -hmm. you like I think any of that could have played but yeah it is unfortunate because of like how they set him up I guess the one thing I will say so that I will shut the fuck up about Roger is that the, uh, the the benefit I will give it is unfortunately as we all know in the world sometimes it can be the men that come across as the kindest the sweetest the good guys boy next door whatever the fuck you want to call them that you you really in your heart of hearts want to trust and have shown no red flags that will all of a sudden take a dark twist and demand ownership over you or you know be like I've done this 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 for you you owe me that and unfortunately that's why uh, women have to even subconsciously it feels like live in fear of men all the time and put them through like a endless series of tests to be like so you're not gonna kill me you're not gonna (laughs) fucking kill me if I tell you no to this so it's I so guess true. in that yes. way, it's a, it's slightly, unfortunately, realistic. But I still wish that, yeah, it, that he had just kept sweet Roger. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it does, like, move forward his character for the second half of the film, like you said. Um, and you're right. You really can't know someone's character and who they really are until they have a moment like that and they really yeah. show themselves. I just, like, I feel like they were really trying to set up this, like, kind of love triangle situation where, like, yeah. To me, Mick seemed like the annoying, like, out, like, the person, like, not 
who shouldn't be there and like it flipped it on its head and I just it wasn't satisfying to me which it doesn't have to be satisfying but I was just disappointed because like I really was rooting for Roger for so long and then it's like oh well now I can't like this character anymore because now he's a piece of shit and it makes me kind of sad but well it's a good point though with the the love triangle because even that like yes it doesn't have to be romantic but as of, at the end of the day I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not gonna eat up a little bit of romance like yeah, I fucking am um so yeah that would have been interesting if they leaned into like okay like this boyfriend which they might have said and I missed it and slash didn't give a fuck of like how long she had been dating Nick I don't think and it's made clearly clear. it's also like some like long distance situation because he's coming from New York mm-hmm. um I'd love to know how they met <laughs> no literally I was like is it a college thing like she go to college and meet him like what's going on um where yeah it would have been fun if like they brought him in and he very much like they addressed and leaned into like Mick being like the city asshole like yada 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 and then like at a a pivotal moment of like maybe like he was the one that was skeptical because like he doesn't understand the small town and what is weird and what isn't you know for the environment for the people there Mm -hmm. um and then yeah kind of leaning into him being like the boyfriend that like you know even though it's a tired ass trope I don't care it was also made in the 70s who gives a fuck of like leaning into the whole like he's the boyfriend like how could she ever be with him and then like he gets his fucking come up but they could have turned him into the worm man and have him be like I would have I demand yeah I demand that you stay with me and I own you I am city boy and have Roger be you know the triumphant you know boy next door and I think it would have worked even better too because like he makes the point that he's terrified of worms and hates his job and doesn't want anything to do with the worms and then if he had to fucking like overcome his great fear of like like saving them from thousands and thousands of worms I think that would have been more compelling I mean obviously him becoming a worm in and of itself like is also terrifying because he is afraid of it in like his core so becoming one is horrible um but I don't know I feel like I would have enjoyed it more if the roles had been reversed and Mick had been the one who got got And now that we've talked it out, that absolutely should have been how the movie played. Especially with the knowledge that Mick was almost Martin Sheen and Roger was almost Sylvester Stallone. Like, and given the movie I just watched with Martin Sheen, Martin Sheen can definitely play, like, bad guy, like, gross piece of fucking shit. Mm -hmm. Like, he would have excelled. And I feel like young Sylvester Stallone very much could fucking get it. So, like, yeah, give me young Sylvester Stallone as Roger, as the hero, I mean, obviously in our ideal world, you know, Jerry is her own hero and she's stepping up. But do I think I'm going to get that from a squirm from 1976? No, I don't. No, No, and especially in like the setting that they're into, like it's very much a small southern town where like I'm sure the like, you know, it's very heteronormative. It's very, you know, men are men and women stay home and clean and do, you know, they know their place. Like she didn't seem like a character who had a ton of like independent thought and like autonomy. She very much seemed like she takes care of her mama and her sister and like you know is very excited that her boyfriend is in town and like just listens to what he has to say so like she's not like the strongest female character we've ever seen um so i think you know if if they remade it one day i think there's a lot of what we've said i feel like would work better in today's like climate than it would have in 1976 but you know someone's just gotta make it now it ain't gonna be me but once again we are giving you guys fucking primo ideas yeah she doesn't seem to have a lot of agency it is just like she's very sweet she, i find her to be likable i did like yeah. her um i like her hair. yeah i think if it was made today they could very much lean into the fact that like yeah she is this small town girl but that does first of all does not diminish her intelligence and i think they could really lean into the fact of like having this boyfriend that like is a big city boyfriend thinks he's smarter than her and her being like baseline no you're not but especially Mm -hmm. not in my home turf like you think that you're better and above all this like small town but like 
I am so connected with these people in these relationships and I know so much more about the environment, the worms, whatever, that like at the end of the day, like I am the one saving our asses because of what I know and the relationships I create. And like it just shows that like without me, you would be dead on arrival out here. And I feel like if they leaned into that, she could have been like very fun, very epic final girl once again. What didn't really think I was going to get that here and didn't really get that here. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, because we said we would bring it up and we have to fucking bring it up. Already on the topic of Mick, sucking ass. The first fucking moment of sucking... Well, no, not even... He gets off the bus. We see we meet Mick on the bus of... That this tennis stops, racket? Yeah. That they're like, okay, we're going to turn around because we can't go any further. And he's like, oh, I'll get off here. He has, like, so much luggage. Once again, I was like, what, did I miss, like, how long he was staying for? Maybe. But he has, like, three bags, a fishing pole, which, okay, they're going to go fishing. But, like, a tennis racket. It's, like, a very, like, comical-esque feeling mm-hmm. scene where he's, like, trying off the bus with all his bags, like, knocking into people. He stops, he asks the bus driver, like, do you have a map of this place? How do I get to this town? Yada, yada. Gets off the bus after already, like, slowing them down. And then he gets off the bus and turns to the bus driver and is like, um, where's the nearest restroom around here? In some backwoods road in the middle of the woods. And the bus driver literally closes the door on him and is like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, look Which, around. Whatever. The whole world is your bathroom, bitch. Literally. Can't. Especially if you're, you have a dick. You're a man. The whole world yeah. is your bathroom, yeah. So, he... The next scene, like, he meets up with Jerry, yada, yada, yada. They're going to go do this errand. She has to pick up a block of ice. Oh, my God. I, I love the really ice. Fun. It's literally just Biggest a block of, loose of ice. ice. Yeah. Um, so because, funny. The, which I thought was really interesting because I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess, like, at that, because, like, in my lifetime, like, we've had power outages at my, like, family home where, like, the whole thing where it's like, oh, the fridge, like, has gone out. And, like, fuck, all this food's going to go bad. That's always the thing. And right. that happens at the beginning of the movie. She's like, oh, this food's going to go bad. Um, but she tells her to go to town to, like, get ice. And in my head, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm thinking, like, you know, when you buy ice for a party, it's ice cubes in a bag. Yeah. She, I don't know where's the one she went, like, a butcher or some shit. But she has a fucking huge, like, big, like, basketball size square cube of ice square so cube funny. once again being redundant um but yeah but so while she's doing that they like stop somewhere and mick gets out and goes into this little like diner cafe situation can i just say the audacity that he thinks he has time to go into a little diner and oh, order no. anything while she's going to get ice on a hot day that's going to melt you don't have time for that that well i was shocked already because i was like wait I thought they just stopped the car to get ice. What is she, what is he doing? And because yeah. I was like, they were showing him, I was like, is he going in with her? I was like, but she's not even in there. What is this? It was confusing me because, yeah, it was just like, mm-hmm. what? I didn't think she was stopping for lunch, chief. Right. So he gets out and it's like the little diner. Of course, there's one behind the counter and like the, the sheriff's in there. There's like one or two other guys like having their lunch, whatever. He goes to the fucking counter. Immediately, I was like, I don't care what happens after this. I don't like this character. Ick. Ick. Red flag. All of it. He asks the fucking waitress if he can have an egg cream. Yeah. And she's like, what? And he says it like two more times. Like, an egg cream. And she's like. And then he tells her what it is, which is seltzer water, chocolate syrup, and a little bit of milk. And she's like, oh, like a chocolate soda? Which even that I'd never heard of. I did look this up afterwards. It is a real thing. It's like an ice cream float. Yeah. Um. Because I think like, he oh, said yeah. I think he said ice cream too, but then she didn't put ice cream in it. Because it's a small like a town little diner. Bit of milk. It doesn't matter. Well, I think I think he says originally like ice cream, chocolate syrup, soda water, and a dash of milk. Ew, die. Yeah, I know. So she whatever she's like okay like I'll get this for you because um, he also asked for a glass of water and her whole thing is like well I have water what the fuck else is it you're asking for and then the thing that really fucking grinded my fucking gears after she's like okay it's a it's a chocolate soda that's how I know it. 
he like it's like intentional like like so many more times being like my egg cream oh yes my egg cream well i found a worm in my egg cream and it's like choke on the egg cream stop fucking saying that those two words together are literally a ick like the way people don't like the word like whatever the fuck like moist how people hate the word Mm -hmm. moist that i don't give a fuck about that i hate the words egg cream together like saying it right now makes like me want to throw up i have two issues with it one is he like yes he says egg cream over and over again which like in general yes you know it as an egg cream if i were to go somewhere and i were to order like a milkshake and they'd be like oh a frap i'd be like yeah a frap like it's the same thing it's just a colloquial like like we're in a different part of this the country like that's what you call it i would just be like yes thank you so much um but he after she gives it to him like people around him are having a conversation and if you just look at him he is like holding the the soda and just like grimacing and like going to drink it and then like not drinking it and like he looks like horrified by like what she's created like oh this is what she calls an egg cream like like, actually it's not what she calls an egg cream because she doesn't make egg creams here and then he like takes like a big like okay and then like takes a sip and and obviously like finds a worm in it and that's like the whole thing um but like it's just so fucking condescending the way he's like looking at the fucking drink to be like am i gonna am i gonna do it also there's no egg in your egg cream so why the fuck is it called an egg cream i don't know i fucking there's no cream and there's no egg I did look when I did look it up. I did say I think it's a thing about being like a New York like thing, which yeah, he is I think from it New is, York. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that if, if it was egg creams were huge in New York in the seventies, and they were like, we really got to sell home that he's a New York City boy. He's got to get an egg cream. But I was like, yeah, I yeah. and it was just like embarrassing for him a little bit. As somebody that will fucking order off the kids menu and like eat sugary shit, I in a way I'm in no place to judge. But at the same fucking time, like I don't know this grown ass fucking man coming in and being mm-hmm. like, can I get one egg cream, please? no literally girl leave him at the diner go back to roger it's not worth it um no and yeah then like they get into it with the waitress and like to be fair like yeah like we in retrospect it never really gets answered but in retrospect there is a moment where he's like oh well like the worm could have been like attached to me from the truck and fell into the drink and it could have been my fault but you know not really having any context for that you drink it you find something in it it was just handed to you you're like i did not put the worm in the drink so Mm -hmm. like there are grounds to be like, oh my god, there's a worm in this. And, like, she immediately, like, she can't find it or some shit or whatever. And she's like, this is a prank. Like, that's not funny. Like, I run a good establishment. Yeah. And then, like, they're really going at it. And, like, once again, yes. Like, if I was him too, I'd be like, okay, well, I didn't fucking play a prank on you. Like, it was there. But he has this comment where he's like, well, that's, like, no way to get new business from a customer or some shit. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's the same shit that if you've worked any customer service job, whether anyone's right or wrong, when those bitches make a fucking comment where they're like, well, I'll never come back here. And you're like, yeah. and I Good. won't lose sleep about it. <laughs> you promise? Literally. Is it a promise? Please say yes. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's just his his demeanor and attitude because if he had just been kind and come in and been like can i have an egg cream please and she was like what's that and then he explained it and then he drank it they i don't think they would have been like you out of towner like i think they would have maybe taken to him more but he was so fucking snarky and like even the way he got her attention because he like came and sat down and like she was having a conversation with other customers and like spinning wasn't he? yeah because like he's like waiting and he seems like annoyed that she's not like you know being like oh hello hello so he starts spinning in his chair like a fucking five-year-old and she's like yes hi can i help you like so fucking fed up with him from the jump Ugh. can i get my egg cream please and then can poor thing he goes to the back of the car and she's just sitting there with a block of ice melting on her poor thing i know 
And then, yeah, well, he had fallen in, like, that fucking, like, puddle or, like, whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah, 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 He was soaking from, like, the bottom half down. And then she was like, you're going to have to hold the ice on the way home. And I was like, that's what he fucking deserves. Um, and there was other, not related to any of that, but there was a moment in this, because you know I'll find any way, that made me think of The Lost Boys. This mm-hmm. came before The Lost Boys, and I don't think that The Lost Boys pulled inspiration from it. I really highly doubt it. But I think it's funny coincidental that when they go on the lake to go fishing, mm-hmm. they, like, bring the bait, which is the worms, in a, like, Chinese takeout box, which, of course, one of the iconic scenes in The Lost Boys in which they're eating Chinese takeout noodles. Mm-hmm. And they use their little vampire mind tricks on Michael. And there's the iconic line where he's like, don't eat those. Like, those are worms. And they're like, they're only noodles, Michael, which I did think of. And anytime I think of The Lost Boys, you know, it, it goes up in my mind of like, this is a worthy film. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm okay with this. But one thing I will say, my last mm-hmm. thing before we get to Queen's Lake, just a thought. Um, the cop in the town, the sheriff. Yes. Um, if you, because there's at one point where, like, later on when they've, like, already come to him about the skeleton or whatever, and he's, like, on a date with the woman or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're, like, yada, 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 whatever. So, like, and they come back to the, the sheriff and this woman later. Um, if you ever, not that you need any more, there are multiple reasons why you should not fuck a cop. Fuck them. If you need any more reason, um, try, imagine fucking a cop on a prison, like, iron cot bed. Like, a metal bed. Because they cut to them later, like, in a prison cell in the jail. Because I guess, in theory, it's like, they're alone, they're getting frisky, whatever. Like, have fucking sex at work, do whatever you want to do. But, like, you want me to fuck you on a fucking metal, like, like one person built for cot? <laughs> fuck you. I'm leaving, yeah. I'm going home. I, I was like, nothing about this is sexy in the slightest. Because he's yeah. a cop. And the setting. Ew. It's giving gross. After they've eaten that big old plate of spaghetti. Ugh. Fun, fun, fun. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to our final segment, the Q and Slay. <gasps> well, I will just preface our Q and Slay because we, Anya and I discussed prior to recording something that we're going to adjust for this episode and just future episodes because... Yeah. A lot of times we do slasher films, um, which our Q and Slay works perfectly for. But sometimes, like with this film, I think maybe with like um, Christmas Evil, it was similar. Where yeah. there's not really a lot of kills per se. There are obviously deaths, but not maybe not necessarily even like Tremors too. Like there were deaths in Tremors, but like nothing super like that stood out as creative or something I yeah. want to really talk about. So. If that were to be the case in a film that we discuss, we're going to adjust our favorite kill to favorite kill slash favorite practical effect moment because so many of these B-horror films use primarily, if not completely, practical effects. And I love to highlight them. I love to discuss them. So that is what we're going to do for that question. So I guess we could just start off with that since we're talking about it. So what is your favorite kill or moment of practical effect makeup? Um, I guess I'll say it is Roger, but the thing with Roger is there's so many Roger moments post the worm, first worm incident. So in lieu of not going through the entire timeline of Roger, I think my favorite Roger slash he's become a worm man, practical effect, death-esque moment is once they're in the house, it's nighttime, Mick has come to save Jerry or what the fuck ever, and he gets in a physical altercation with Roger like on the stairs 
and he like manages to throw Roger over the stairs and at this point it's the thing you're talking about where they have the effect where it's like the house looks like it's filled up like four feet high with these fucking Mm -hmm. like undulating or whatever the fuck worms and he throws Roger like into this pit of worms and he's being like sucked down into it and the worms are like pulsating and it's just so like gross and on top of the fact that Roger as this is happening has already had like worms like under his skin or whatever and it's just like this vortex of worms that's like devouring him whole and now knowing that it was a bunch of boy scouts under there really making the magic happen (laughs) that would be my favorite yeah that was a really good moment because i I do think that like of all the moments seeing the house completely filled to the brim with worms is like the scariest visual for me because like that's fucking terrifying i hate that like a worm does not scare me but if you have thousands of them and they're covering my entire living room i'm horrified I do not want well, that. Well, anything I feel like, I mean, bug-wise, yeah, I don't want. Yeah. Some of them I don't want them at all. But, yeah, some of them it's, like, a lot of them don't, doesn't matter where it's going to be grossed out. But, like, even, like, I could think of, like, and I'm sure you'll disagree, but, like, on a print, like, if there was, like, a house and it was, like, that, like, wall-to-wall, like, no space of air in between of, like, cats or something. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I'm not going to be, like, cr- I mean, I probably would be a little creeped out. I'd be, like, Jesus Christ, why are there so many cats in here? Oh, but yeah. I think the, the idea of, like, being sucked into a vortex of anything in which you can suffocate under. Yeah. And those things and they are, bite. like, li- living, yeah, on, on top of you. Like, it doesn't matter what the animal is. Like, that is creepy, and I don't like it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I would say that my favorite is also Roger. Um, you briefly mentioned it It is just the first time that he gets attacked because I think it's the strongest moment of practical makeup Mm, that they have because he falls into the like little boat that they're in and his face goes into all the like bait and all the worms just like instantly attack his face and when he comes up they have started to like burrow under his skin very like the mummy um and you can there's one specific worm that like you can see it like physically crawling up his cheek inside his skin Mm -hmm. and it's so gross and then he grabs a worm on the other side of his face and like tries to pull it out and it's just so fucking gross and like i mean it's the poster of the film so it's clearly a very effective oh it's not maybe not the poster but like it's the still when you like watch it on tubi it's like him in the water with like all the fucking worms hanging out of his face um very gross very effective um and I don't think this is practical effects. Um, I don't really know what you would call this, but the one visual that killed me, and I, it's my favorite part of the whole movie. I love it so fucking much. It's They do it twice, I believe. It's so fucking stupid. When first Jerry and then Alma both try to take a shower. Oh they, my God, yeah. <laughs> they turn on the water and nothing's coming out and they hear like a bunch of like like gurgling noises in it and they're thinking like, oh, the water's out the power's out, whatever, everything's out. And then there's a shot of the shower head where, like, three or four worms start, like, coming out of the holes in the shower head where the water comes out. And you think, like, okay, these are going to drop on them. But then they turn the water off and the worms get sucked back up the shower head. Yeah, I know. Which is just, like, scientifically not how that would fucking work. But it kills me like just them, like scoot back like up it like the worms were like so intelligent they're like we gotta go back to no. see us yeah, yeah we're like mission impossible it just like really cracked me up um so i don't know you know how or what they used to film that but that's my favorite visual because it's just so fucking funny and stupid and that also it. made me think of another moment where like i don't remember where it is it might even be in the house when there's like worms and they're all on the fucking ceiling yes 
And there's, and I kept watching the shot and I was like, am I going crazy? They must have had them like on like a piece of string or some shit because some of them are like falling off the ceiling. And like, I'm like, okay, like, but they're not falling in like a natural way. They fall with such like speed and force that like, if you're watching, it's like someone is pulling them like one by one on a string, like boink, boink. I like, read almost like as if they're shooting their bodies like missiles down at people. I read that for that shot, they they did it in reverse where they okay. they made uh the floor look like a ceiling gotcha and then they dropped them so that then when they would flip the the film it would look like they were coming from the ceiling so yeah i'm sure it, it looks odd because they did it like in reverse i'm, I'm just sure like watching wasn't... so like closely i was like yeah something doesn't look right about the mom this. is just like knitting and she does not see the like hundreds yeah. of worms falling above her disgusting oh lordy <sighs> all right well we already said that we probably have the same line, but I have a few. So I'm going to ask you first. What's your favorite line from okay. this movie? Well, I can let you have the one that we that I know we both have because I have no, two. No, no, no. You take it. I have three. So Okay, well, I'll start with my first one that's not that. And if it's one of your two, let me know. Or okay. one of your three. Um, it's my favorite line. It cracked me up. Even though I don't like Mick, it's fucking funny. It's, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> is it one of yours? It's one of mine, but I don't care that much about it. So please have oh, it. I love it. It's... Um, Right after he has had the egg cream debacle and he gets back in the car and he's trying to tell her what happened. And she's like, they don't take kindly to like city folk. Like, you know, you're just being like a tourist. Like, don't do that. And he goes, I'm not a tourist. I'm a Libra. Yeah. And I'm like, you fucking smart ass. But it killed me. I loved it. Um, But the other line, and this is why I love Alma, because uh, you said that you feel like she was being a bitch. I felt like, to me, this interaction kind of gives like, they seem like they've grown up together and like she kind of like you know nudges him and like you know they fuck with each other and like he can give it back and they're like mm. you know it, it felt playful enough yeah. um where he comes in roger enters the house the first time we meet him and alma's sitting there and she says where'd you get that shirt roger been out robbing corpses again and he waits like a second and then he just goes how's your pimple yeah and it's the fucking sickest burn because she's affected by it immediately she is like so hurt she's like how's your pimple so fucking stupid so effective (sighs) he won me over in that line how's your pimple well that was yeah just to go off that because i also love the line yeah Yeah, that was a roger moment at the beginning because when she says it and yes i did say like it was giving bitchy but like i don't want it to be like wow she was a bitch because as someone that like is a bitch like yeah i love a bitch character it was more so because it was just like the way she had like thrown it at him like to a degree yes i feel like what you were saying but also i don't know it was like the way she just like was reading a paper or a magazine or whatever and like kind of like said it like to put him down because it's this moment oh, she's, yeah. he's talking to jerry and like clearly like oh, okay like i'll let you borrow my truck whatever and like the way he looks affected by it like he looks embarrassed and mind you he's like been in the yard doing yard work for them so i was like girl that was not nice and then i was also like yeah roger when he like kind of like has the balls enough to go back at her and be like how's your pimple and she's like fuck i was like yeah roger get her and then obviously later i was like roger you fucking i trusted you um but yeah my other line my favorite line is also a mick line i think it's mick line yes I think it's Nick Line. In which I think they're talking about, like, what had happened. Like, there was a big storm or whatever, um, him and Jerry. And he says, um, I like a good thunderstorm. It makes you feel helpless. Which like was that. interesting to me because at first I was, like, ominous. 
ominous <laughs> as hell. Because yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I like when it rains, like, because it's, like, cozy. And I was like, but I guess when I really think about it, like, yeah, when there's, like, a dark thunderstorm outside, there is that sense, but I guess plays into the comfiness of it, of, like, feeling helpless. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. if I was, like, out there in that, I would be bad news. And I and you feel helpless in the sense of, like, so I'm, quote-unquote, trapped inside my house. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm both of us being indoor children. Um, as Cornelia likes to say, we're indoor kids. Um, that sense of, like, now I have a full excuse to not oh, do yes. a whole fucking thing today. I'm going to let it rain. I'm going to watch a spooky movie. I'm going to do hot chocolate. So, yeah, I just loved the thunderstorm love. I mean, I would be upset if the result was the power going out and me having to face hordes of, you know, killer worms. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. But very much playing into how – I mean, and also, yeah, as I was almost getting to, the – the greater meaning of it in the movie of him being like, oh, I love it. There's makes you feel helpless. He's talking about in the sense of like when it's, you know, raining outside, like I was saying, but like yeah. obviously as an audience, we know it's like, yeah, that thunderstorm is really going to make y'all feel helpless because now the worms are coming for you right. and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I like that line. I also love a thunderstorm. If I don't have to be anywhere, my favorite kind of weather is a thunderstorm. Like yes. cloudy as fuck, heavy rain, thunder, lightning. I love that shit. I eat it up. I feel so safe. Even yes. though like, like you're saying, like you are helpless because you don't want to go out in it and like you are kind of trapped inside. Like at the same time, I do just feel like so cozy and comfy and safe in yeah. my home. And it like gives me the atmosphere and the aesthetic I want. Today it was supposed to thunderstorm and it didn't and I'm mm. not happy. But yeah, that's a good line. Yeah. That's also just like a well-written line, especially I comparatively agree. to a lot of the dialogue because they are like in the South and they are kind of like, you know, you know red collar kind of like workers like their grammar isn't always the most like like mix i would say so it's not as eloquent i would say yeah you know? um but yeah no and especially now that i live in la like where it first of all never fucking rains mm-hmm. um so already when it rains it's like oh, like motherfuckers that drive out here and like are you know native la people they like almost are like terrified and i'm like oh my god yes this is the best day of the week it's fucking raining um but even beyond that, yeah, I think because also being in L.A., most days are nice days. So when I don't go outside and it's a nice day, I'm like the guilt of like, oh, I didn't get yeah. any fucking sun today. I should have done something even though I wanted to just sit inside all day. Or when it's raining, I'm like, nobody can say shit to me. Everybody's staying inside today. Ugh, love rain. Anyways. We're on the same page. Um, oh, so that was my turn. Okay, so – um. Well, you don't have a, a great cast here to choose from, but if you had to pick a partner in crime to go through this experience with, who would it be? I was really stuck on this because, as we know, most of the time I'm pretty predictable. If Roger yeah. had had the trajectory that we wanted him to have, it would have been Roger fucking no contest. Roger took a fucking turn for the worst, and yeah. I was like, well, I got nothing. And I was really thinking, and I was like, actually, you know what? And I'm going with Alma Sanders, sister to Jerry, because obviously originally at first I was like, that was like not very nice behavior to Roger. But then I'm like, honestly, like she had that fucking sick sense. She fucking knew like bad news fucking bears. And she was ready to be like, fuck you, Roger, like put him in his place. So I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that she was, you were saying this at the beginning of the episode, we didn't really get into it, but like it would take too long, I feel. But like, yeah, like the essence of like everyone in this movie kind of being slightly off in their own way, but like no one ever fully addressing it and just kind of accepting like that's the way it is. Like it feels like everyone is like, established I don't know there's like a, a weird like mood 
or like vibe to everyone where you're like this isn't quite normal but nobody is acting like it's not normal so I guess I just have to accept that's how it is and she was very much one of the bigger players I feel like in that sense of like she like comes upon Mick when he's going back to discover the skeleton he like lets her in on it and mm-hmm. she's kind of like very emotionless about it which gets her a fight later with Jerry when Jerry's like how could you be like so like heartless or whatever the fuck she says because like she like he's just holding the skull of the dead like guy being like are we gonna put this back or what are we doing with this <laughs> um and Jerry's like you're fucking sick or whatever but I like I was like yeah kind of like epic of her to just be like okay I'm tagging along like I'm a part of this now but like I'm not gonna like lose my head about it um and the final moment where I was like yes absolutely like I would stick it through with her is everything has gone down the house has been devoured like stacked up miles high with these worms the next morning or like no it's not even next morning but they're trying to get out of the house and like Mick and Jerry are going at it and he's like we need to leave and she's like where are my mom where's like Alma and he's like they are dead like we cannot go down there like, the worms are coming up. Like, we have mm-hmm. to get out. Like, forget it. And as an audience, I think we're like, yeah, they're dead. Like, let's Well, because we see a really not great, like, CGI moment of the worms coming out of the bathroom at Alma. Yeah. And so, and then the next morning, it's just the two of them in the tree. And they have a whole moment. And there's nothing else. And then I'm literally like, okay, the film's going to end. And there's a moment they cut back inside the house. The worms have all receded back into the earth. Really polite of them to not leave a mess. And Alma... But there's a trunk in that fucking house and it opens and you're like oh my god like is it gonna be roger somehow having like survived this and it's alma unscathed in her huge fucking wedge shoes like fully still alive and i was like and then they're like reunite she comes out of the house they're like stay right there alma we're coming to you like and they run up rejoiced oh my god we we, we made it through but i was like what a fucking genius queen like and she probably like it was not comfortable in there in general just to be stuck in there for that long but in those wedges she Mm. earned her fucking like right to make it to the end of this movie and i was like and you know what they gave her some shit but you know what she made it through she kept composure the whole time she was smart enough to be like i know i can't get up there i'm not gonna lay down and die i'm gonna lay down in this chest and make it through and i was like yeah i respect that a lot and she seems like somebody that i could would be a good asset to have on the team in a worm attack. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a scene earlier when she's talking to Mick and she's sitting in that trunk and just, like, having a conversation with him. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, you're like, right. I think there was a little bit of foreshadowing of, like, she goes in this thing. She yeah, can she fit loves here. the trunk. Um, yes, I also chose Alma. Nice. Um, for slightly different reasons, but I agree with everything that you said. Um, I I just feel like she's the most relatable character of all of them I think in a way I kind of see myself in her of like the younger sister who like has the older sister who like we have very different interests and like we kind of like don't really get each other and she kind of is like rolling her eyes at her sister all the time and like her stupid boyfriend and but at the same time like she loves her and she loves her mom and she's gonna like do what she needs to do for the family but like she's kind of like you know a teen who yeah. is kind of over everything and just thinks everyone's stupid and she just wants to go smoke weed with her friends and like go on an adventure and she isn't fucking phased by the spooky skeleton and she's fine hold like she's just cool i just think yeah. that she's like really relatable she's never like over dramatic and like emotional she's just kind of like yeah we're dealing with worms here guys and like yeah she's just fucking cool and i would i see myself in her more than any other character so it makes me drawn to her 
Um, well, I guess it makes sense then I would pick her yeah. as my yeah. own crime. I just think she's cool and I would definitely smoke weed and go on an adventure and find some skeletons with her. That sounds like a really good time. That sounds and, like the best weekend ever. Yeah. So I pick Alma. She's clearly the best character of all of them. Um, yeah. yeah. I just like get who she is more than I get anybody else. All right. Well, you want to hit me with your OG question? Well, it's your turn because I just asked you. Oh, no. no you just I asked me. Asked you, girl. Duh. Yeah. OG question. Okay. To bring it back to the thing I hated the most about this movie, which was the egg cream. I knew it. It was so easy. I was like, if I have to bring up anything, it's this. Okay. So I'm going to try to make this question because you know I love to make phrase a question so, like, understandable. So if you were to go to any restaurant you can imagine anything you want like okay. any kind of restaurant whatever mm-hmm. what is something that you could order whether it be a drink a dish a meal that would be something that's like a, a weird combination of things that's like not a real thing that you would order anywhere like so for example like obviously an egg cream is real but like right. pre me knowing that i was like made up what is that that you could order somewhere that you don't think would be on the menu that you would in fact eat or drink and what would you what would be the name for it that you would give it so if i could like make up an item basically yeah and then she'd be like oh can you make me this and they'd be like what the fuck is that and i would uh, yes oh boy that's hmm okay that's difficult um well i i'll probably stick in the rounds of like sweets because that is just kind of my aesthetic and also an egg cream diner type is the vibe i'm kind of give, getting so, hmm, hmm, I can also go first and answer my own question first. Yeah, why don't you answer it and then maybe it'll spark something in me. So, mine is not that complicated, not that really the egg cream was complicated. And it goes back to something that I used to eat all the time as a child, which I said it to people, and I don't really think it's that weird in context of weird shit people eat. But I would order, and I have, mind you, I've had this since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I would order, um, chicken fingers that have been like dipped in applesauce i used to fuck no bro we've talked about this yes um i don't know i can't even like recall in my head what it even tasted like and it might have even been like the specific kind of like you know freezer fucking chicken fingers we were eating Mm -hmm. but like something about it i was like this shit smacks um, and I think if I ordered it, <laughs> don't look at me like that. Um, I think I would be like, um, can I get, uh, can I get an order of the lost in the sauce? <laughs> That's what I would refer to as. And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, you know, like lost in the sauce, like chicken fingers covered in, um, applesauce. What's that clicking? <laughs> oh, that's worse than an egg cream girl. That's it bad. is not worse than an egg cream. I also hate, listen, even if egg cream, like, I already knew what it was. Like, I also do not like carbonated drinks. Mm -hmm. So already you've lost me. I'm like, why would I not just get a chocolate milkshake? Right. Although I do love, like, an ice cream float that's orange soda. But that's because orange soda is the only soda I drink. Right. Oh, my God. Lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with a a clever name on the spot. Um, But... Okay, so I guess what I would probably order because it would be on brand for me. It's not something I've ever actually had, but it's something that I almost got once in Amsterdam, um, which was it. We went to this little cafe in Amsterdam where obviously everything has like 
some kind of weed in it of some, and in any way. And I really wanted to order it, but we were leaving and I couldn't. I didn't have time. But it was a weed-infused banana split milkshake that sounds like everything I love in this world because banana split is like my favorite dessert and I partake in the marijuana. So if you put right. those two things together and then you make it in a drinkable form, <laughs> I would love that. And I will call it the... Mm. So it's a banana slit milkshake with weed in it, or weed infused. Yeah, it's like an edible, if you will, wink, wink, uh, yeah. banana split milkshake. Um, and I would fuck with that. So I, w- I would probably ask for it without the weed if I was in a small town diner. But just like a banana split type milkshake of some kind, like a split shake. Um, what could you call that? Maybe like, I don't really know. But part of my room is like, you can call it like, can I get an edible arrangement? <laughs> like it's edible, like edibles. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. I feel like edible arrangements are usually like fruits, right? And that's not bad. Okay, we could go with that. Yeah, I mean, I'll like, call it um, a twisted nanner. There's a company for that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. All right. It wasn't my best OG question. No, but, I don't have yeah. a great one either. So don't worry. Great. It's not Can't that wait. it wasn't good. I just I'm not good on the spot. You know, I'm not an improv queen like you. Oh, um, really? I'm. That's driving <laughs> that definition out. All right. Well, for my question, um, I care. I mean. I know the answer, I think, now, knowing how heavily we've discussed both Mick and Roger, but mm. let's put those specific characters aside and just look at the, like, archetypes of them, yes. because I do think that both characters are, like, very specific stereotypes of male lead love interests of, like, yes. you know, you have, they're, they're very polar opposites. So, let's say you are a small town beauty like Jerry. And you have two men who are interested in you. One of them is the intelligent, slightly sarcastic city slicker who, to you, seems very cultured, worldly, intelligent, can, like, maybe take you away from this small town that you've, it's all you've ever known, and, like, maybe show you more to the world than you might be able to do on your own. Yeah. Or you have the working man who is a family friend, a confidant, someone that you've known your whole life who maybe in his own way has bigger dreams than the life that he has been born into. And he might never accomplish those dreams, but he's humble, he's hardworking, he's kind. If those are your options, who do you go with? Who do you get? Qu- question. Are they both attractive? Yes. They're equally attractive in their own ways. A farmhand? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> So you're going to stay in your tiny town or, or try to make it big with him somewhere? Yeah, because here's okay. my thing. At the end of the day, like, no, yes, if they're both equally attractive, like, I'm definitely, I feel like, in concept at least, I don't really know about, I haven't really been given the opportunity in execution. I've never really met a farmhand. I'm not from the South. Um, I'm a, There's farms in upstate New York, but we don't live near them. Um, that you have something about that it's like the cowboy-esque or adjacent aesthetic mm-hmm. where it is just like a working man he works hard like that's fucking sexy i'm not gonna pretend i am at every listen i'll say this and i won't even regret it i am looking to be a housewife if possible like me and you both queen like if i don't have to work another day in my life like i don't give a fuck like i will cook I will, you know, tie we're up. So, we were so feminist, and then we're like, I will be a housewife. Here's the thing. I don't think it's not feminist to be a housewife. I'm going on record. I don't think it's not feminist, because as long as it's not, like, my husband has demanded I be a housewife, and I must obey my husband, if I, as a woman, want to be a housewife that is just as feminist, and I support any woman that wants to go out and make her own money and be a businesswoman, 
as long as I've got my money, I will be happy. And the less work I have to do to get it, the happier I will be. Um, all that being said, so yeah, there. I feel like there's actually. I feel like there's good probability with both of them to be a housewife. Anyways, but yeah, I like that he's. I like that he's sweet. I like that we've already built a relationship, and I trust mm-hmm. it. And while like I do, I don't. I'm not against an intelligent man. I love to make the joke that I'm looking for a man that's illiterate. That's my dream man. Um, in reality, no, it is not. Um, but there is a sense that like. I feel like, I don't know, sometimes with those intellectual types, it's like, don't get me wrong, I love a little banter. I love to, like, have a little bit of a challenge. But then it, there's a, a thin line between, like, having, like, a flirtatious, like, fun, like, ooh, this excites me challenge, and then, like, having someone challenge me all the time where I'm like, I'm right. not trying to do all this, like, enough. But, yeah, and I think I like the idea that, like, he has his own, you know, dreams to pursue. And, yeah, in reality, and you could say it about anyone who has dreams. Like, right. they may not come to fruition. But I, I appreciate that he isn't. If you were just, like, he only wants to live here the rest of his life. He demands that we live here and start a family. Like, no. Not that I'm outwardly opposed to that. Whatever comes, comes. But I like the idea that he is someone that, like, I clearly have built a relationship with. I trust him. He's kind to me. He's a nice person. I mean, I'm funny. I can bring the funny. Like, he doesn't have to do all that. Um... And yeah, and that, you know, we have, it feels like there's more possibilities for us where it's like we could do the small town Mm -hmm. thing, which some days I'm like, yeah, bitch, I ain't trying to be in a city anymore. Or we could go to some more glamorous life where it feels like city slicker would be like we are living in a city our whole lives. He does not have any interest in like suburbia or any of that shit. I'm going to throw a quick um, additional question at you and I I just need a yes or a no because... You're like, girl, shut the fuck up. Just give me a yes or no. No, well, (laughs) it's just because you, it seemed at the beginning like it was the make or break. And then you kind of like heavily explained why. No, no, definitely like not the city slicker. But what if everything I just said is the same? City slicker's a 10. Farm boy's a five. Does that change it? Like a 10 to me. Like not like a universal 10. Like a 10 to you. Like he is like the most gorgeous man you've ever seen. And the farmhand is, like, not hideous, but, like, you wouldn't – you have to, like, grow to love his his appearance. City slicker. I can't pretend that See? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, fucking, all of these reasons. You have to put me on blast every fucking time. Wow. Okay, well, we've learned something, everyone. I know everyone. who I am. Listen, here's the thing. I'm not bringing – no, I can't even do this. But here's the thing. I don't think that I'm ugly – but I'm also, especially living in L.A., I'm certainly not a fucking 10. So, I, like, I some, I have to have somebody else to, like, even it out. If you're oh a God. five, I can't be the ugly. We can't be the ugly couple. No, we can't if, do if it. it is, if he's a five, then you're definitely a 10. To him? I'm yeah, talking about all you want in your life is that... When people see us walk down the street. <laughs> but wouldn't you rather have a man who sees you as a 10 than a man who is a 10 who might not see you as a 10? Are you saying he doesn't see me as a 10? Because I don't know. I don't know. Well. He's a city slicker. He's around I mean, a lot of in this, women. In this... <laughs> I don't know, In bitch. this scenario. Wait. In this scenario, are they both, like, in love with me? Or was it just, yeah. like, these are my two options I have to go for? One no, they both love you. But, like, I don't know who loves you more. Oh my god, bitch. Well, that fucking plays into it, doesn't it now? Okay, well, I guess that we've learned that Anya wants to be a housewife, um, and she cares about uh, farmhand unless he's ugly, and then she'll take... Okay, but to be fair, like, I'm sorry, you trying to villainize me that I, like, am, like, this evil person that only cares about looks. I don't only care about looks, because I have met plenty of hot people, like, truly hot people, vacant personality. No, but nothing there. 
And that shit is disgusting and such a turnoff to me. Like, sorry that I'm asking for the world. I want someone that's attractive and that I'm has a personality. <laughs> this bitch trying to put me on blast every time. It was just so funny because you were like, it was very clear that like the physical part was like what was going to push it over the edge. But then you seemed so genuinely like, no, I want this farmhand. I was like, I wonder if I change it. If, if, he's a, uh, if he's a fucking troll. <laughs> a five is not a troll. A five is like, you know. I would say a troll is like two. I don't know. I mean. Whatever. Anyway. That's my question. My simple answer is I would also go with the farmhand. All right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, and I won't fucking make you answer for reasons I'll why. I'll still pick the farmhand. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, on that note, on the note that I am a horribly vain individual <laughs> you know what it is what it is it is what it is i'm not gonna pretend um that was squirm the mm-hmm. 1976 worm movie um and it was a lot of fun to talk about um yeah. so as per usual to end up the episode we will give it a rating on our mm-hmm. podcast rating scale alex it was your pick so was what are you pick. giving this out of five on our rating scale um the first time I saw it I gave it a three and a half because I think I was just so like what the fuck am I seeing on uh, a rewatch not that I liked it any less but I was not as like taken aback by some of the things like the worms that really like yeah. stuck it for me the first time so I'm just gonna give it solid three dumb jock yes um I'm giving it the same thing because I I mean it was my first time watching it and while we love to be here we really do and I so one of the things I do like about it is it reminds me a little bit of like the days of like watching movies on cable where there were commercial breaks. I didn't um, have commercials. You didn't have commercials on TV? I had no commercials. Oh my god, bougie bitch. I know. Um, I, don't know. I was like, wow. I had commercials and unfortunately sometimes, you, sometimes it doesn't matter. Um, Like I'm like, I don't care. I think this, it altered the pacing for me mm, okay. because it is, as you were saying, like when you get to the third act, it's just like worm palooza. And it is kind of like, this is what I wanted from like, you know, at the very least, it should have been act two through, th- like two and three were all this. Like, give me the setup in one and then like, let's go. Where it felt like act one and even most of act two was kind of like, you know, okay, a one or two worms here or there, but like really drawing this shit out. Um, which I think maybe if I just watched no ad breaks would have played not felt as long but with the ad breaks on top of it it was kind of like I was like okay like tick 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 tock like when are we getting to the worms and when we got to the worms I was like great this is really fun I like this so I also feel a solid dumb jock maybe if there had been zanier crazier shit earlier on I could have gone higher Mm -hmm. and if the worm effect shit didn't deliver as much I would have gone lower but I think it sits at a solid three dumb jock nice yeah it's a it's a simple movie, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, there's some good practical effects. I think the worms are gross, and I love when they scream. And I, I recommend screams. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so once again, that was Squirm. Um, if you'd like to watch it, as we said, it is on Tubi. Um, and that pretty much wraps up the uh, June episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror, episode 20. Oh, my God. 27 no 26 26 episode yeah. 26 um yeah so everyone say out loud even though we won't hear you uh congratulations to alex on her wedding very exciting stuff um yeah and we'll be back next month i believe uh i won't spend anything right now but i believe we will have a special guest on our episode which will be fun a new mm-hmm. special guest for you guys to love and adore and as always you never know what will come in between mini sods here or there who the hell knows but thank you as always for listening 
And all that we ask in the meantime, as as always, keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. Hi, creeps, and thank you for listening to another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We would not be able to make this podcast, though, completely on our own, and we have some folks that we would love to thank. Um, first and foremost, if you've noticed, we have amazing new artwork, and we have to thank our friend Raymond Lowell, who commissioned it for us. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram and see all his other amazing art at rblowell. Uh, who else, Alex? Uh, we would love to thank, yet again, for another season, our lovely friend nathan graham who made our beautiful introduction music um and he sings the girls who cried be horror um you can follow him at instant underscore grand like his name um and you can also check out his podcast with our other friend jonah uh called the commonwealth Yes, all good spooky content. And of course, if you can't get enough of us, we're on social media too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the girls who cried be horror, on Twitter at girls who cried bh. And if you really want to write us a whole novella, baby, you can send us an email at the girls who cried be horror at gmail.com. We always want to hear your thoughts and opinions and your insight. Uh, And if you want to follow us individually on social media, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, I am at G-Way Forever. That is G-E-E-W-A-Y, number four, and then ever on Instagram. At agarity15 on Twitter. And uh, Anya Garrity on Letterboxd if you really want my uh, my film insight. Alex? Yeah, and if you want to check out the uh, three tweets and Instagram posts I do a year, you can check me out uh, yeah. at Alex Brandley. Because I'm very basic on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd. It's all the same. I'm just Alex Bradley. She makes it easy for you, folks. Yeah. She makes it easy for you. Um, but that's what we have for now. So we'll see you creeps next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The girls who cried be horror.